You're listening to the Market Leaders Podcast, brought to you by Pipeline Plus. Professional service firms use Pipeline Plus to capture more business from their most important clients, prospects, and referral sources. Pipeline Plus delivers the simplest interface in the marketplace and in-app suggestions on exactly which actions to take to close the next deal. It's used as a standalone app in conjunction with business development coaching or as a CRM companion for more effective sales pipeline management. To learn more or schedule a demo, visit PipelinePlus.com. Hello and welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. Today, our guest is Sam McKenna, who is the CEO of Sam Sales. Samantha, great to have you with us. Hey, you guys. Thanks for having me. So, Sam, let's start with a little bit about your background. Of course, I know all about it because we've been friends for years, but our <laughs> listeners may not be as familiar. I am Sam McKenna. Um, as you said, I am the CEO of Hashtag Sam Sales Consulting. I have been an enterprise sales, a scary word for some of us in professional services, um, for about 16 years now. I was an individual contributor for some time, then an executive leader, and then wrapped up my time at Corporate America at LinkedIn. During my time in Corporate America, I had the pleasure of working with hundreds of lawyers, working with hundreds of people in professional services, 97 of the AMLA 100 firms, those three still evade me, but I will get there. And then finally broke my 13th sales record while I was at LinkedIn and thought, I wonder what I can do on my own. And I was very fortunate to have two clients in the legal space. One is Lisi and the second is Clearview Social that invested in me as my first clients. And we have skyrocketed from there, almost 200 clients, four years in business almost, and an all-women team of 12. So we are tired, but we are having a great time. Send caffeine if you can. Well, well-earned fatigue. So uh, <laughs> hear about that trajectory. And I, I, I won't ask you to name those three stubborn law firms that just <laughs> won't drink the Kool-Aid. We certainly have here at our company. And I'd love to give you an opportunity to share some of the distinctions, concepts, and strategies that you've developed for your clients. So yeah. uh, let's dive right in. The first one that I'd love for you to talk about a little bit is what McKenzie refers to as the hyper-personalized approach. You have trademarked this as show me, you know me, which is very catchy and easy to remember, <laughs> much more so than the hyper-personalized approach. So <laughs> talk to us about show me, you know me and why it's so important. I want to make it easy for you to say after you had a few glasses of wine and super hyper-personalized, didn't seem to have that same ring no. to it. So we went this route. To me, I think a lot of my sales success just comes from investing in the person that we're talking to. And I think this is really where we get it wrong in sales, right? Whether we are selling our services as a lawyer, whether we're selling our services as an accountant, whether we are in tech sales, whatever it may be, we often focus just on us, our stories, how we can help the person without thinking first about what are their actual challenges right? That show me, you know me is the concept of understanding the person as a human, the person as a buyer, their company, and their space. If we think about specifically lawyers, right? What do we hear from client feedback more often than not? Client feedback often says, I wish my lawyers knew me better. I wish they knew our space. I wish they could anticipate things we need to think about. We hear that all the time in client feedback. That's exactly what show me, you know me is. What do you know about the person, their role, their job, the challenges, the headwinds that they'll be facing ahead, and their space in general? 
What's amazing to me, right, and I think even just such a great training ground for law firms is that I was recently looking for counsel to do all of our wills, estates, succession planning, and all that. And I interviewed, I think, seven total attorneys who never once asked me about myself, told me their stories about themselves, told me about a client that went to jail. And I was like, what am I here to do? And it wasn't until, I'll just say it, I spoke with an attorney in New York, a McDermott, Will, and I'm Go MWE. Um, that really nailed it, but he was a little out of my price range at $1,800 an hour. Anyhow, I think that idea of show me, you know me is that, right? What do we know about the business? What do we know about that person? How do we make a human connection? There's so much talk about AI these days and you can AI, right? You can use artificial intelligence to efficiently learn about something. But to me, the people that are going to win are the ones that mix that efficiency with the soul of who they are. And that's the hyper-personalized outreach. And I can talk about that too, a little bit about framework of emails and what we do with that specifically. Well, you make such a great point here. I mean, first of all, AI is not going to be much of a competitive edge for long as it gets baked into tools more and more commonly. But what I really appreciate about what you're saying here is I think we learned a while ago about list segmentation. So that's hyper-personalizing the industry, right? And even perhaps the need. So let's send this offering to this subgroup within our mail list. So I don't know if we even want to say hyper-personalizing, but at least there's some effort to personalize. We're not just shooting a shotgun blast against the side of the barn and seeing which pellets hit, right? So we've gotten a little more strategic from that perspective, but where we still have a real distance to bridge, and this is what your work does so well, is hyper-personalizing to the buyer themselves. What are my proclivities as the recipient of this email or this communication? How is that communication unique to me as opposed to, well, this was clearly an e-blast and the only thing you got right is my industry or that I'm probably likely to buy product Y, but never likely to buy product Z, right? So that third piece really is the differentiator when you're scrolling through your spam inbox and looking at all of the emails that you never wanted to receive in the first place. The ones that are going to stand out are the ones where the seller actually made that effort to make the email special for you. And I think this is exactly where your points are so dead on. And I think where we also get it wrong, because we think we need to target the buyer as a buyer only, not a human. So what we really need to do in the email framework is first, right, when we do that outreach, we have to think about how to get around the first and almost impossible hurdle of just getting them to open our email. If you look at average open and response rates right now, it's below 6%, the odds of you getting an open to your email, and 0.9%, not even a full percentage point to get a response to the email. So what do we do to up that? The reason that volume and quantity over quality is such a big thing is because you need a lot of volume if you don't make an effort to hit that 6%. But if you make an effort, you'll find that your open rates will increase significantly and certainly your response rates, even if it's a no, because you made the effort. So how do we get that open, right? If I sent you, David, an email and I said best LinkedIn training on the planet versus if I wrote something like in the subject line, I wrote Casa Del Mar in Malibu plus IMDB, plus hashtag Sam sales. For those of you listening, you're like, that makes absolutely no sense. To which I would say, then I nailed my job, right? Because I know David's in LA. I'm going to call out and say that you were in some movies some time ago, right? So I'm going to pull you in with the IMDB. You're going to know what those two things are, hopefully, but you're maybe not going to have an idea what Sam sales is, but guess what? Hopefully I've intrigued you enough to open it. 
But then there comes a segmentation to making sure that we nail the value proposition and the challenge with that buyer. There's a lot of debate about the length of emails. And there's so many people that say short, short, short. It has to be short. It has to be less than 50 words. I fully disagree. I fully disagree based on data, right? Tons of data agencies talk about how longer is better so long as it is hyper-personalized. But to me, if you just think not about, you know, what all the shorter everything says, if you think about the person that is actually reading it, the executive you're reaching out to, right? And you think about their experience in reading the email, I think longer supports it. And here's why. If I tell you, David, that I can solve a challenge for you, right? If I can say uh, your team has a few sales navigator licenses under LinkedIn, and I can train you how to, how to use those better. What you might immediately think is, one, there's no value here. Anybody can train me on that. But the second thing you might think is an objection, right? The second objection, which is, well, I have a customer success manager at LinkedIn who could do that. I don't need you. So what I've got to think about, right, is not only the value proposition of why that's important to you, what's the material or monetary difference I'm going to make, but then how to get around your objections. So I have to think of you as a CEO Let's say like every other organization in 2023, you would love more pipeline. Every single company, LinkedIn, Salesforce, Pipeline Plus, everybody would love more, more pipeline. So when we think about that, how do I target that specifically? And then how do I get around your objections? That is what most people miss when they do outreach. They tell you what they do, which is a marketing email. They don't tell you how they're going to solve their challenge, how they're going to solve the buyer's challenge and how to get around that. So you have to think, right? You as a CEO, I might say, if you're not actively tracking the job changes of your existing customers, where they're going and running campaigns, it's one of a hundred things I can teach you of how to use Sales Navigator, to which you might think, we're not doing that, right? Well, hang on. And then you might think, well, I have the CSM at LinkedIn that can do that. Why do I need Sam? I'll train you how not only how to do that, how to use the platform, how to sell, just like I train LinkedIn how to do that. Wait a minute. If LinkedIn is being trained by Sam, why am I using LinkedIn to train me instead of Sam? That's where the length comes in. And you really have to think about the so what and getting around those objections for your buyers. Makes really good sense. Uh, you know, one of the things that comes to mind as you're talking about um, the volume piece of this and the fact that so many people just send generic emails en masse um, versus what you just described, which requires a lot of research, right? Yeah. I've got to understand my I've got to understand my buyer. I've got to understand them personally. I have to understand their, their understand their company. I have to kind of think through and anticipate what their objections might be and then address those in this longer email. Is, you know, gosh, that's a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time, right? I, I mean, I'd rather just send, why can't I just send a million emails and then have 0.02% of those respond to me? I'm still better off than investing 20 minutes in 10 emails with a higher hit rate. And, and I think that that is the sort of overwhelmed, overworked person's response to uh, this kind of approach. But we all know that uh, the, you know, quality over quantity is the game that you ultimately want to win. 
For sure. I think you think about a couple of things. So the thing that's most important to me, which I don't think is as important to most sellers, but for me is my personal brand. So how do I want to be known and what do I want people to associate me with? Especially for me, as I really got um, targeted in a specific vertical, like legal when I was junior in my career, that's a small circle, right? Whoever you're targeting, a lot of those circles are small and people talk. So the better brand that I can deliver, the more likely I'm going to get to get a response, the more likely I might be to say, hey, not us not the right time, call us in Q4, here's the right person, another line of business. But I'm also building a better brand just by getting that person to respond because I made the effort. What I think happens then is it's a domino effect of work that you can do to continue building that nurture, right? And that relationship, even if now isn't the right time. So if you, again, I email you, David, you're like, this was a beautiful email. No, thanks. Right. I'll say no worries. Right. Thank you so much. Or I might respond to your potential objection and see if I can politely push back. But then I'll connect with you on LinkedIn. If you are a top target for me and I think I have got to convince him to use us, I'll nurture you. I'll continue to add value. Right. I've opened the door to communication instead of just sent 100,000 emails. I think the other thing is quality over quantity, if you can nail that value proposition, right? And why me? I can take that, right? And I can send that to 10,000 CEOs while still doing the show me, you know me at the top. So there's great scalability, at least in the value prop and the hidden or forthcoming objection. I just have to do the work at the top. The other really wonderful thing is once I've done the show me, you know me, right? Let's say you don't respond to my first email and let's say you don't even respond to my second one, which by the way, should always be sent less than 48 hours after the first one and should have no new information. A simple, David, hope you had a chance to read my email. I would still be really appreciative of the chance to chat with you. If you don't do that though, I'm gonna send email three and four and five and so forth for a while, making sure I add value every single time, even though those are all pre-written, I don't have to lift a finger. Plus the subject line, big mistake I see people make, the subject line should always be the same. There is not a shot in hell one curse, that you are going to remember my name, but you are going to remember that subject line. And when you keep saying Casa Del Mar, IMDb, over and over and over again in your inbox over six to eight weeks, my hope is that I will someday break you and you will respond to my email, if even just to say, again, no thanks. So I think all those things in mind, but what we do find, I'll give you a great example from a company we all know very well um, in our in our legal space, Intop. So Intop is one of our most beloved clients, just started working with us last year. We ran a campaign on Show Me You Know Me and writing their sales emails. They sent just under 500 emails, 280 first emails, and then the rest is follow-up emails. 22 reps sent it out, eight days. They used Show Me You Know Me in our work. They got 127 replies and 41 meetings in eight days. Oh my gosh. And the amount of people that responded that said the only reason I'm responding is because of the personalization you did. It really works. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk beyond prospecting because a lot of what we've covered so far is you're a total stranger, but I have your email address and I want to create some sort of, you know, connection here that I can build upon, right? So now let's assume that the connection has been made. You've gotten a response or maybe you even met this person a few times or maybe even they're a former client, you know them pretty well, but you're looking to rekindle a relationship. So I'm referencing Thomson Reuters study last year that looked at the factor that most influences a person's likelihood to use a vendor, service provider, what have you. 70% said that that top of mind status is the thing that ultimately has them use that particular provider. And it makes a lot of sense, right? 
I suddenly realize that I have this need. I want to get it off my desk. I'm not going to go look at the list of all of the people I could possibly send this to and analyze their pricing and analyze, you know, their expertise. I'm just going to be like, you know what? Sam can do this here. Let me just send this to Sam, get it off my desk. She'll be great. Moving on, right? Top of mind status, really important. So given that, talk to us a little bit about how you can use LinkedIn to stay top of mind instead of exhausting their email inbox with these constant, you know, value adds and cadences and so on. I think, the, again, a missing lever in anything that we do from a sales, customer success, land and expand momentum is that we don't think about all the communication levers that we have. You're exactly right. Thompson's study is exactly right. And the salsa where most salespeople fail is that they stop after the third or the fourth outreach and then hope for the best. But nurture, right, that study could be pulled directly from our nurture slides of the training that we do. It is so important to stay top of mind. So you might have some sales cadences and emails that you send where you continue to be a value. But what we really want to do is I want you to think Sam McKenna, Sam sales every single day, I can possibly get you to think about me without being annoying, which is a challenge. But LinkedIn is a great medium for that. So think about three super smart things that you can do there. Number one, I'm going to say four. Number one, you can post content as you should be. For people also in professional services that might be like, what am I going to say? It might be illegal. Is that an ethics per, you know, violation? You have so much to say that's in your head. What do you talk to clients about every day? What do you say on initial calls when you talk about yourself inevitably? What is it that we're doing there? Share that content. Advise people. Show them what's in your head using that content. That's one way to stay top of mind. Number two, tag people in the comments. So you might read something really smart. I might see the next study, you know, that's done by Bain or something and tag you in a David. Now you are thinking of me. This morning you saw my post. This afternoon I tag you. So I'm staying top of mind by adding value. The next thing that you can do is comment on their content, right? Or content that they also commented on. Add a reply, add something thoughtful, add something smart. Don't just say cool article, love it. Add something smart. This is your chance to showboat and give them what's in your head. And then the final thing is super strategic, but it's what we call bubble hunting. So if you look at your inbox on LinkedIn, you've got something next to every person's photograph, which is a little bubble or not. If you've got a green bubble, it means that they are active on their desktop. If you've got a green bubble with a white dot in it, it means they're active, but on their mobile device. And what's really fantastic is if you look on the weekends when you have less competition for time, this is a great way to stay top of mind with someone. So I'll bubble hunt on a Saturday morning when a lot of my decision makers are online, probably bored at their children's game. What? Who said that? And looking for some kind of distraction, right? And that's what I'm going to message them. And I'm going to say, David, I just listened to your most recent podcast. I love this post about XYZ it was so meaningful. Like, thanks for putting out this great content. And then hopefully you'll get a conversation started with us. Did this exact thing, same thing. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this with an executive at LinkedIn, right? Who I've been trying to get on, on her radar for quite some time. She wrote a great blog. I waited until Saturday. I messaged her and I said, it's so aligned with our show me, you know me, yada, 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 really loved your piece. And she was like, tell me about show me, you know me. And I was like, oh, oh my God, thanks for asking. And then we got, we just wrapped up our second deal with her. Just strategy, right? How do you stay top of mind in smart ways so that they do think of you? You're exactly right, David. Someone's just going to be like, oh, who is it that I know that can solve this challenge? I'm going back to the 19 emails they got. They got to whoever comes top of mind so they can get it off their desk and solve it as quickly as they possibly can. So when people are active on LinkedIn, they're kind of teeing this up for you, right? You're reacting to their content. You're commenting on their content. Or if they just have LinkedIn open, you can try this bubble hunting technique. 
What about LinkedIn, what you call lurkers? People who they log in, they're just kind of scrolling through people's posts, but they never like anything. They never comment on anything, right? So you don't have anything to kind of grab onto and work off of, but you know, you know they're on there simply because LinkedIn has all of these users that aren't particularly active, but they certainly are looking at other people's stuff. You have over 900 million members who are on LinkedIn. You've got less than 1% of those people who post on a weekly basis, but you have more than half of the members of LinkedIn who come in once a week for at least five minutes. There's a reason for that. They're here to learn. So what's really interesting is one of our most popular lines of business is what we call LinkedIn executive branding. We write content, we manage everybody's profiles, et cetera. We say, here are the metrics we want to look for, for who engages with your content. That's how we know we're successful. But what we really care about is the impressions, the views. So when you have 500, 700, 30,000 people, right? That's the average of what my posts get of, of people that view your content. Oh my gosh, right? What a way to stay top of mind. And I'll tell you, the majority of your leads will not come from the people who engage because they know if you are a smart salesperson, you're going to come after them and be like, I saw you liked my post. Would you like to buy my stuff? No. But what you need to do, right, is continue posting content so they see your stuff. And I'll tell you, very systematic, easy thing to do to keep building that visibility. And this is part of what we manage. But number one, everybody who comments or likes your content that is anywhere within the sphere of your ideal client profile should get a connection request with, from you. David, thank you so much for liking my content. Always so nice to see new people joining the conversation. That's it. Not salesy, not aggressive, nothing. And usually you get some feedback back. Sometimes you get people who say, I followed you for years. We should talk. And you'll be like, thank God. I mean, that sounds great. And then the other thing that you want to think about is we do something at Sam Sales called expand the sandbox for ourselves. So we start to look at who are our key profiles in different demographics and in different industries that we maybe don't know. So do we talk to the AT&Ts of the world? Do we talk to the Deloitte's of the world or the DuPonts of the world? No. So let's go find a bunch of those people with the titles that we care about. Let's create a list in Sales Navigator. And then let's go comment systematically every single week when any of them post content. And what happens is we share our thought leadership. Sometimes it's really hard because they're just promoting content about semiconductors. And you're like, what the hell am I going to say to that? But oftentimes it's easy. And then they're like, who is this? After we do it two or three times, and then they come and look at our content, they go down a rabbit hole, and then they connect with us or follow us. But even if they don't, after we've commented two or three times, we will connect with them. Love your content. I always see it because I'm stalking you and would love to stay in touch. And now you have a new really high caliber, high quality way of connecting with a really senior buyer that's now going to start to see your content while you continue to comment on theirs. And bonus, and then I'll stop talking. If I comment on somebody's post today and then we're connected, the odds are so exponentially high that they will see my next post. So I'm totally gaming the system by paying it forward and commenting on them, which is really paying it to myself because I'm getting to share my thought leadership, right? I'm then getting them to see my content. And I lied one more thing the next day. If you look at the executives and the really senior people you're trying to sell to, you're going to notice something. They get a bunch of likes and they get almost no comments. People are scared to talk to them. It's wild. Look at executives again at DuPont. 300 likes, four comments. You're like, what? It's like everyone's waving at them at a conference and you're the only one that's bold enough to go to talk to them. And those four comments are usually people at their company that are trying to get visibility. I was going to use a different word, but let's go with that one. <laughs> right. 
Well, I can certainly give a shout out for your LinkedIn executive branding services. We've used those here at our company and we've seen great results from it. So thanks so much, Sam, for your help at our company. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with our listeners today. If you're listening and you're overwhelmed, that's because (laughs) Sam has a lot to say and a lot to offer. And this is why you may want to consider hiring Sam Sales to do some of this for you, because it's really hard to DIY when there is so much that you can really extract from LinkedIn and, and from a lot of these sales techniques that Sam has perfected. So highly recommend Sam. Thank you so much for being with us today. And we wish you all the continued success. Thank you so much for having me. Great to see you. Today's episode was brought to you by Pipeline Plus. We solve business development problems for professionals around the world. Visit PipelinePlus.com to learn more about our technology and coaching solutions.